0: really good at reminding us of these verses it continues honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth now we have become experts at verses one through three but there's another verse here at the tail end of what paul's teaching and it's a really important verse and that's in verse four. Let's take a look at it together. It says, "Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord." Now, the first thing that I want to notice, want you to notice, the first insight here uh, in verse four, is that it begins by addressing who. Who is the verse addressing? Fathers, that's right. You know, there's a Greek word for parents. There's a Greek word for mothers. But God chose, through the Apostle Paul writing this, not to address this line to parents in general, to mothers, but rather specifically to fathers. That is, that God has a specific word that he wants for dads to hear, and he shares it right here in these verses. And then the verse says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up. How? in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Now, I want you to notice that in God's design for biblical fathering, that means that dads are involved in the Parenting and in the raising of their children. You notice that in the scriptures. It says for fathers to bring up their children in the training and instruction of the Lord. That is, dad is supposed to be intimately involved in this, take a personal role in this, an active role in this, a primary role, not a secondary role. That is, when it comes to raising children, God calls fathers not to be spectators, but rather players in this parenting game. And guys, if there was one principle that I could hammer into our heads today, it's this, that being a, God, a good father demands everything that we've got, and if we're going to fulfill our duty, our honor to God and to our children with regard to biblical parenting, it means that we have to be all in as dads. It means that we need to give of ourselves 100% to this task. And let me add that it's not our job to make sure that mom is raising the children. That's not a father's responsibility. Don't try to sneak down that knot hole. Mom's job is not to train and instruct the children in the Lord. The verse said, fathers, bring up your children, instruct your children, and train them in the Lord. Um, It is our job, too. The verse didn't say mothers, didn't say parents. It said fathers, that this is dad's sacred responsibility to see to it that this is done. You say, okay, Gordon, I hear all that, but I'm not sure what exactly it means to uh, instruct and train my children in the Lord. I mean, what does that mean? What am I supposed to do? Well, let's kind of unpack that a little bit. You notice there there's two key words there in that verse, training and instruction. So let's talk about those two words for a moment. First, the word training. The word training comes from um, the Greek word padea, which literally means teaching or learning. In other words, this is is like information download. This is teaching your children what God's Word has to say. This is teaching your children who God is, why Jesus had to die on the cross. This is giving them the biblical information, the theological doctrine and foundation that you want for them to have. In their life. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 6 says this way. These commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Now these are the commands that God had just given Moses that we know is the Old Testament law. And so what, is the, what are the dads supposed to do with this? Verse 7, impress them on your children. How are you supposed to do that? Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk around along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. In other words, you're supposed to teach them this all the time. It means teaching our children what the Bible says about right and wrong. It means teaching them how to live every day a life surrendered to God. It means teaching them how to repent and how to confess their sins to God by you and I doing that before them and to take responsibility for their own actions. It means teaching them about who God is, about who Jesus is, why he had to die on the cross. It means teaching them how to pray by doing it with them each and every day. It means teaching them about sexual purity in their thought life and in their bodies. It means as dads that it's our job to make sure that our kids get the Little K and the Kidmo and the youth group on Wednesday nights, that they go on to summer missions trips and summer camps and over to VBS. And furthermore, our job is to volunteer in these ministries so that we literally as a church have the manpower, right? That's where that word came from, the manpower to do the tasks that the church is tasked to do and to do them right. Let me stop here for just a moment and Uh, compliment the guys in our church this past year as, as in other years our VBS had more guys volunteering to help out with VBS than it did ladies wow that's almost, that's awesome, right? Give him a hand. That's awesome. And it's been that way for a number of years. Our guys understand. I love being a part of a church. As a pastor, I love being a part of a church where the guys get this, where they understand that dads having an active role, men in the church having an active role in the training and the instruction of the children of our church is such a vital part of those kids Um, retaining uh, God's word in their own heart. And lastly, it means crying out to God in prayer over our children's soul, crying out to God for their salvation and for their submission to the Lord's will in their life. That's what it means. You say, Gordon, whew, right? That's exhausting. Well, you're right. It is exhausting. And raising our children right is exhausting. That's why I said a few moments ago, you gotta be all in, 100%. That's why I said that you got to be all there. Um, Listen, if you're a young man here and you're thinking about having children one day, I want to challenge you to set in your mind to be this kind of a dad, a dad who is all in 100% all that I got. Jumping right in there. If you're a young lady here and there's some guy that you're gaga over and he's not this kind of committed and looking forward to fatherhood someday, then you put your gaga someplace else, (laughs) spend some time in quiet with the Lord, and allow the Lord to bring the great guy your way. And the Lord will do it. And for the already dads in the room, I want for us to challenge us, fellas, to raise our game and to see what's at stake and to see what the Lord demands of us, what, the, what, the, what is our sacred responsibility, and to commit ourselves fully to this task of training and instructing our children in the Lord. Amen? That was a little weak, but we'll keep going. we got another half of the sermon. So that was our first word, training. There's another word there, and it's the word instruction. It comes from the Greek word uh, nethusia, which literally means reproof, warning, Or discipline. So, this word instruction in the uh, King James Version actually is the word admonition, which is referring to discipline of children. In other words, here the Bible is telling us that not only is a father to be teaching his children God's word and God's truth and God's morality, but the father, a biblical fathering, means that you also confront your children when they are not, uh, when they are disobeying God's truth and God's morality. And if necessary, to love them enough to discipline them when they do. Um, that, that means holding children accountable for their behavior, teaching them that sin has consequences and showing your children the importance and the value and the blessing of obeying God. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse seven says, for what son is not disciplined by his father? Now listen, 2000 years ago, that question, what son is not disciplined by his father was a rhetorical question. People said, well, what son is not disciplined by his father? Well, they, they all are, right? Well, not today, friends. You ask that question, we've got to take a show of hands which fathers are disciplining their children. Sadly, that's the case. And, they're either, and the reason for it is the parents are either too cowardly to do it, or they're just too lazy to get up off the sofa and go have a conversation with their child, to go discipline their child, to make the phone calls to school, or to do whatever is necessary in order to drill down, find out what's going wrong, and set things back in the right direction. Friends, any child who does not receive discipline from their parents will end up in one of two ways or between the spectrum of things. They will at best grow up to be an ill-mannered brat at best. Or... You say, boy, Gordon was really stepping on some toes here this morning. But hey, it's the truth, right? You see a child that's totally undisciplined, never hears the word no, has never felt a swat across their bottom. We'll get to that in a minute. And that child either turns out as an ill-mannered brat, or at worst, on the far end of the extreme, they become a danger to themselves and a danger to the people in their lives. This is why to let a child grow up with no discipline is a curse, the Bible says. To that child. You say, Gordon, that's awfully strong words for you to stand up there and say this morning. Friends, I, you know, my job is to come as a conduit of God's truth, and that's what I'm doing here today. Let me share with you where God's word says this. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 13 says, Do not withhold discipline from a child. And then I love this next line. If you punish him with the rod, that is with spanking them, if you punish him with a rod, he will not die. <laughs> Life will go on. This is not a mortal wound that you are inflicting upon them. It tells me what this verse tells me, written over 3,000 years ago, that parents through the ages have struggled with whether or not to spank their children. But did you hear what the Scripture said? If you punish them with the rod, they will not die. In other words, have a little perspective, right? Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 24. He who spares the rod hates his son. But he who loves his son is careful to discipline him. You say, Gordon, look, I mean, this isn't this just a little bit archaic here? You're quoting from the scriptures, and it's a different, different worldview of people who lived all these years ago. I mean, our modern worldview, a lot of parents have stopped spanking, and I don't know that I believe in spanking personally. Well, okay, I mean, look, I'm not here to argue with you today over whether or not you spank. I'm just here to tell you what God's Word is, says, and God's Word says all over the place. That this is the way God says to raise your children. This is part of discipline. And God's recorded it over and over again in the timeless, supercultural word of God. Timeless meaning it was as true 3,000 years ago when it was written as it will be 2,000 years from now if Jesus tarries. And it will be as true in the Hebrew culture into which it was written as it will be in a tribe in Africa, as it will be in the deepest parts of Atlanta, Georgia. The Bible says, biblical discipline done properly is not an act of meanness, but rather it is an act of love. Listen to the Bible, Proverbs 3 and verse 12. Because the Lord disciplines, get this, those he loves. The Lord disciplines those he loves loves just as a father does for the son he delights in biblical discipline friends done properly is not an act of meanness it is an act of love you are saving your child from growing up to be a brat or somebody who does things later in life that harms themselves or at worst harms others now let me add one more thing and i don't think that a father has to actually carry out all of this discipline like it's just on dad to do this Uh, that's not the case sometimes because mom's around because she's the one closest to the action right Uh, it falls on her to take care of that in that particular situation but dad needs to make sure that it's carried out you say well Gordon you said a minute ago the phrase biblical discipline done properly well what does that look like what is that what is biblical discipline done properly well um, there's a wonderful book (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm sending you there. There's a wonderful book that was written uh, maybe 20, 30, year, well, about 30 years ago by Dr. James Dobson called Dare to Discipline. And I would encourage for those of you who are parents today to read this book together, Dare to Discipline. I was thumbing through it over the weekend. Um, and it's just a terrific book, probably the best book on this subject matter of discipline of children that's been written well over 100 years. Uh, just a tremendous resource on parenting God's way with regard to discipline, and so I'd invite you to check that out. You know, when I was growing up, my mom did a lot of the discipline of my brother and I. I have an older brother, and um, he was the one that got into trouble most of the times I could I don't know if I didn't get caught or maybe I was just the good son. Maybe I was a good son. Let's just say that that's what it was. But I remember my mom did a lot of the, lot of the discipline in our house and took care of things because, again, like I said, she was kind of more the one close right there on the scene where things were happening. And so it fell to her to take care of that. But every once in a while, my brother and I would do something, get into some trouble, and she would say, go to your room, son, and wait till your father gets home. Some of you have heard that line before. When you heard that line, ooh, you knew you were in trouble, right? And uh, I can remember my dad coming through my bedroom door sometimes after i have been sitting in there for what seemed like months. (laughs) And uh, waiting for him to come home, and he would come home. And uh, I would get what I had coming. Uh, But that memory etched into my person, into my backside when necessary, has served me throughout my whole life. It's served as a guardrail that's kept me from doing things and going places and getting into trouble that I knew that I shouldn't get into because I had that guardrail that my dad lovingly placed in my life. He loved me enough to do what I needed, uh, and I'm the better for it. Um, You know, you hear a lot of parents say uh, that they want to be their child's friend. Run across that, I run across that. I want to be my child's friend, and if I discipline my child, like if I tell them no and all this kind of stuff, then they won't love me. Because, I mean, who wants to hang out with somebody, right? who's spanking you all the time or who's telling you no or who's getting after you about stuff. Um, Listen, folks, your son and your daughter have all the friends that they need. They have all the friends in the world, but they only have one father. And they need for you, dads, to be that father in their life. And I promise you that if you will be your child's father when they're young, They will be your friend when they're old. Listen, dads, the Bible says to raise up your children in the training and the instruction of the Lord. That is, by teaching them about the Lord and by disciplining them when they disobey. You say, Gordon, this is going to take a lot of time. I mean, this is going to affect my golf outings. This is going to affect my uh, woodworking, my hobbies. This is going to affect my... Uh, you know, all the stuff that I like to do, my hunting, perhaps it might. But guys, this is our sacred responsibility before all else. Be a dad first, and dads raise your children God's way, not the way the culture says to raise your children. Because friends right now in the culture, uh, the inmates are running the asylum. Anybody else see that going on? Right, I mean, that's really what's going on out there. And so we don't want to raise our children the way the culture says, the pop psychology or whatever you might read today. We want to raise our children God's way. And God has been very clear. He said, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Let's bow our heads together. Most gracious Heavenly Father, um, there are things that we've heard today that may trouble us, Because of the world that we live in and because of the things which we have been taught and sold uh, the bill of goods. Uh, Lord, those ideas, those concepts, those values have been confronted today, however, with the timeless, supercultural uh, word of God. And we pray, Lord, that we would give your way a second thought. That we would consider your methods, your priorities for our parenting. Lord, in the quiet time that we have here of communion, we ask that you would speak to dad's heart. That, Lord, where we are not 100% all in, we would feel the challenge, we would rise to it, we would raise our game. Lord, we thank you for uh, our children and the blessing that they are. It is not our our endeavor, our plan, our desire to harm them. Just as you said, Lord, you have plans not to harm us, but, Lord, to build us up. And, Lord, that is our same desire as fathers. But, God, there is a right way to do this. And may we sort this out over the coming weeks and commit ourselves to your way of raising our children. We pray these things in Christ's holy name. Amen.